Shalom everybody, Shavua Tov. We are continuing with where we left off on how Rav Nosin is opening up <coughs> the verses from Parashat Vayetze regarding the dream of Yaakov. And Rav Nosin is really painstakingly opening up every piece of the verses to show you how Rabbi Nachman's message in the Kutimuran Lesson 24 is found in every detail of these verses. And it's important for Avnosan to do this, to show you how far-reaching is the message that Rabbi Nachman is giving, <clears throat> and to summarize, to just to recap, Rabbi Nachman says that when a Jew does mitzvot with joy, even though he's in a very sad surrounding and very low morale and everything seems very negative, and still a person yet, he tries, he does his best to do whatever he can do to connect to Hashem with joy, realizing that this is the greatest merit, the greatest zchut to have to serve Hashem while in this world. There's nothing greater, nothing greater. No riches, no honor, no glory, nothing. No tourism. The greatest, greatest delight in this world is that simple connection to Hashem through the mitzvot. By doing so, <coughs> a person is able to come out of what's called the exchange chambers, which is this world, the trickery and the fooling that the, the, the evil uses in this world as the, as the board game to fool people, to, get them, to keep them trapped and stuck in exile, in sadness, in worry, etc. And a Jew, when he does a mitzvah simcha, is able to be extracted from that. And then, as a result, then the mitzvah now that he has extracted by doing it b'simcha, it gains momentum, and it goes up and up and up and up, activating bracha. And this bracha now entitles a person to the blessing of intellect of Hashem. And when that blessing is activated, then a Jew is ready for the next level, which is joining it with emuna. And when you have that joining, then a person is ready to face what's called the keter, but the way the Keter deals with a person is that it pushes a person back because he, can, he can't go forward. If he goes forward, he'll disintegrate. So the Keter has to, out of necessity, to keep the person around and survive. The Keter is what pushes a person backwards when the person is going so fast and he's just on a roll. Everything is going up and up and up and up. He's able to, the Keter pushes a person back so he doesn't, crash, it doesn't explode from the intense light of the infinite light. But through that setback, the person, how he accepts it, the simcha and joy, and he, then, he then is able to build vessels, and within these vessels, the person can perceive in a glance format, the light of the infinite light, in a format which is what's called mate vela mate, reaching and not reaching. So until now, Rav Nosson has shown in the previous verses the ideas, how they're hidden there, and he added many amazing details that we would never known of if he didn't open up and elaborate on it. And on the present verse, we're in Parashat Vayetze, the opening of the parasha, which is chapter 28. So we're in verse 15, where Hashem says to Yaakov, And we explained this in the last classes, that Hashem says, You have mastered Anochi. Anochi is another term. It's Hashem saying, I am. Behold, I am with you. 
But it's another, behold, the level of Anochi is with you because you've, you've succeeded in extracting it from the evil. Because when we do a mitzvah of joy, we're able to extract Hashem's divine presence, which is another term for Anochi, from the domain of evil. And then he says the next level, Ushmarticha bechol and I will protect you wherever you walk. Because the mitzvot are called walking. When a person lifts the mitzvah out of exile by doing it with joy, so now the mitzvah has momentum and is able to go forward. So you, but you need an extra protection for the feet. The feet meaning the part of the mitzvah which is called the feet. Hashem promises, I'll protect your mitzvah performance and I'll protect your legs to do the job properly of going forward. When that's activated, now we're holding it now. At this, at today's class will be on this part of the verse. Vashivotiha el Adama Hazot, and I will return you to this land. Adama Hazot. Hashem says, I'll bring you back to this land, which is the Holy Land. Because now he's on his way to leave to, to go to Lavan, which is in which is in the diaspora. So Hashem is telling him, I will bring you back to this land. And then he says, Kilo because again, ki. For the first time, not, not this is the first time he's saying ki for all this. For I will not abandon you, which the which the midrash explains. Rav Isi in the midrash says that means that Hashem blessed Yaakov with parnasa. I won't abandon you because they, they learn out from another verse in Tehillim, chapter chapter thirty seven. Right, chapter thirty seven, verse twenty five. Naraiti, uh, this is not King David talking. The Rashi says this is with the, the the ministering angel of the world says this. I was once a lad, and I become old, and I've never seen tzadik ne'ezav. I've never seen a tzadik abandoned by Hashem. Hashem is always sustaining a tzadik, and on top of that, Vizar, oh, and the, and the offspring of the tzadik. Nor have I seen the offspring of the tzadik mevakesh lachem asking for bread. Okay. So because the word used there is Ne'ezav, and in this verse over here by Yaakov, it's Kilo E'ezavcha, it's the same root. So the sages explain, Rav Isi in the Midrash Rabbah, that Hashem promised him, I will give you Parnasa, I will not abandon you, I will stay to sustain you physically, Parnasa. Ad asher asher until I do with you what I spoke to you. In other words, the goal that I want you to reach, to have the sulam, the... the, the the, the ladder which is reaching up to heaven. So look how Rav Nosen opens up these, this part of the verse. Rav Nosen says like this. All right, we're continuing. This is a Orachaim section, the Kutel Chot section, Orachaim, the laws of giving thanks to Hashem, discourse number six, paragraph 24. And before I forget, please, if you are enjoying these classes, please share them with fr- friends and family on your status and tell them also to share. Why not? Let the message get out. So the verse reads, right? Hashem tells, He promises Yaakov, and I will bring you back to this land, which is the Holy Land. So Rav Nosset explains like this. That from all the downs and the ups that you go through. Because like we said, there's tons of ups and downs in this process of perceiving the infinite light, of coming close to Hashem to experience bliss and light, there's a lot of ups and downs. So you think the goal is the up, right? There's an up and there's a down. There's an up, there's a down. 
He says, well, listen, that's not the goal. The goal is to come to what's called the vessels. Watch. That from all the downs and ups you're going through, you should come back to this land, which is the whole land of Israel. What does that mean? What does that mean? Because the Holy Land is invested with the Holy Temple. The Holy Temple's uh, permeation, its irradiance, is not just in Yerushalayim, but all Eretz Yisrael is connected to the Holy Temple. That's why the mitzvah is that all the fruit of the Holy Land, wherever they are, even by Be'er Shev, Be'er Kiyat Shemone, by by uh, by Akko, wherever they are, if there's any fruits, you have the laws of Bikurim. You have to bring them to the Holy Temple. There's a connection to every part of the land. This doesn't apply to Chutzlarts. Chutzlarts. There's no mitzvah to bring the fruit of the land to, to Yerushalayim. <coughs> Only every part of the Holy Land, within the boundaries set out of the, by the Torah, those boundaries are connected to the Holy Land. Okay, so the, the, that means the, the whole Holy Land is infused with the Beit HaMikdash. So they're connected. So that's why Hashem is telling Yaakov, I'll bring you back to this land, this earth, Hadama Azot, which is the earth of the Holy Land. Why? What's so special? Because that's where the Holy Temple resides, in Eretz Yisrael, in the Holy Land. And what's special about the Holy Temple, in our context? Sham ikar hasagat tisha hechalin hanizkarim le'el kanizkar le'el. That it's in the Holy Temple, that a person can reach perception of the nine chambers, okay? If you remember, we, he, he went into this before, that the, the Mishnah says, the Gemara, that there's ten levels of holiness in the Beit HaMikdash. Eretz Yisrael and the Beit HaMikdash have ten levels. Nine of them are in the Holy Temple. Or, sorry, all ten of them are in the Holy Temple, really. The tenth one being inaccessible. The tenth level of holiness is the Holy of Holies, the Kodesh Kodashim, where the Kohen Gadol is allowed to enter once a year on Yom Kippur, and that's it. But the other nine levels are fully accessible. There's the Azara, there's all the levels of the, that, that are listed in that Mishnah of the ten levels of the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. Okay? The, the tenth one is inaccessible, so it leaves accessible technically nine levels. And these nine, in, in Likud Temuran, Lesson 24, Rabbi Nachman says, that when a person is, faces the Keter, and the Keter, like we said earlier, bounces you back, so the bounce back, when done properly, when the Keter is done properly, and now the bounce back is proper, so you create nine chambers. The number nine comes from three times three. What's three? Three is the three levels of the brain, Chochmah, Bina, and Da'at. Then when bounced by the Keter, they become intertwined, intertwingled, and it becomes a multiplication, not just an addition. So it's three times three because you have combinations of chokhmah bina dat, dat bina chokhmah, dat bina chokhmah. You have nine combinations there, okay? And these nine combinations create nine chambers that these nine chambers become a vessel to perceive the infinite light. So now, Rav Nosson is saying, since the ultimate experience of this is in the Beit HaMikdash, in the Holy Land, that's why after all the ups and downs or downs and ups that a person goes through in life, the goal is to connect after all this to the Holy Land because we want those nine vessels. We want vessels, we want that our ups and downs produce something, not just stagnant, that I come closer through this, through the ups and downs. 
And that's the whole idea of the holy land. This is why every Jew in the world, they have a connection. Any Jew who's really seeking Hashem, any Jew in the world who really wants them close to their inevitably connected to the holy land, even today. Today, Jews all over the world who want who, who yearn a connection with Hashem, inevitably they all must come to the holy land, at least to visit, especially to live. But that's why it's so important to be connected to Eretz Yisrael, even in exile now, because this is where we gain our light, our chayut, to build the nine vessels, to receive the light of the infinite light, which applies to any Jew who wants spiritual closeness. Those who are not looking for it, they want a comfortable life, okay, they don't need, they don't need Eretz Yisrael. They're happy in their nice Porsche and their big cars and everything in, in America, wherever. So let them stay there. They're not happy. They're not looking. You can't talk to them. But Jews who are yearning, yearning to come close to Hashem, inevitably they connect to the Holy Land and they eventually want to come to live here, Bezat Hashem. That's what Rabbi Nachman said, that every Jew should strive to eventually come to be here in the Holy Land. It's so important. Okay? So he goes on, Rabbi Nachman. So that's where the perception of the nine chambers is in the Holy Land, in the Beit Hamidash, which is the Holy Land, as, as, and as we mentioned above also. Now the next part of the verse. So, so you have here, right? So you have, I'm with you. And I'll guide you wherever you walk. That's the halichah of the mitzvah. And now, and I'll bring you back to this land. Because after all the ups and downs, the goal is to come to Eretz Yisrael. And now the next part of the verse. Hashem tells Yaakov, I will not abandon you, etc. I'll, I'll not abandon you until I do with you what I spoke, to, to, that what I said I would do, I said to Avram and Yitzhak that I would do to their offspring. Okay? So, he says like this, uh, and our sages, like we said earlier, explained in the Midrash, that Hashem promised Yaakov Money, parnasa, wealth, sustenance. Okay, bechinat. Like it, like the midrash quotes this verse also from Tehillim Psalms. Like we said, lo tzadik ne'ezav. I've never seen a tzadik abandoned. In other words, asking for bread, being poverty. That's the midrash Rabbah, Bereshit Rabbah, chapter sixty-nine, uh, section six. Hi, So in our context, what in the world is parnasa here? He said in the lesson, Rabbi Nachman, the main blessing is the blessing of intellect. So you have the blessing of intellect, you automatically have everything else. Why do you need Parnassah all of a sudden? Look what he says. The blessing of the Parnassah is basically the blessing of the hands. Because he said once, that we said in the lesson 24, that once a mitzvah gains momentum, and it goes forward and forward, then it activates what's called the hands, which is bracha. But the main bracha is the bracha of the intellect. But the, the idea of bracha is the hands. So he's saying the bracha of parnasa is a bracha, and being a bracha, it connotes, because the way, the, we went at this many times, the way Hashem created the human fingers, they're like conduits, tzinorot, channels. That's why when we say potechet yadecha, there's a, there's a custom to open your hands. In davening, in ashray, when you say potechet yadecha, you open your hands, open the fingers, to channel the energy. Even Bikat Kohanim, when the Kohanim bless, they also spread out their fingers to bless. Because that's the idea of channeling energy. Bracha comes through these channels of the ten fingers, believe it or not. That's why the human being, like animals, like lions and animals, they have like curved claws. We have straight fingers, okay? Even a monkey, chimpanzee, they don't walk around like this. We walk, we walk around like this. We do this, but they're like even this, technically. 
the human being has the bracha in the hands, okay? So that's corresponding to the hands. And he says, Rav Nosan, that this is the blessing of Parnasa, which is bracha, associated with the hands. That Yaakov received from Yitzchak, his father, in Parsha Toldot. Like the verse says at the end of Toldot, when Jacob got the blessings from his father Yitzchak, taking them from Esav, in other words, playing the game on Esav, Rivka dressed up. Yaakov as Esav, all hairy and furry and everything, to get the blessings. So what are the blessings that he got there? Chapter 27, verse 28, in Bereshit. Yitzchak said to Yaakov, and may he give to you, the Lord, may the Lord give to you from the dew of heaven. So the verse says, Ve'yiten. You don't give with your feet. You don't give with your head. You give with your hands. So to speak, Kivyachol. Hashem gives with hands also. Hashem hands. We say that in Ashrei. Poteach et yadecha. Hashem, you open up your hands. Hashem doesn't have hands. But the idea is it's called an anthropomorphism that we can relate to it. So Kivyachol, as if to say, so to speak, Hashem has hands. Okay? So the verse says, and Hashem will give to you from the dew of heaven, Right, all the blessings there, which is Parnasa, come from the Netina, the, the giving of Hashem's, uh, from Hashem, which is uh, the, uh, the associated with the hands. So that's what Hashem is reiterating here. I will not abandon you. Hashem tells Yaakov, rather, I will fulfill the blessing that Yitzchak, your father, gave to you, where he said, I will do that part. And how I do that part? In these words, and he's, he's reiterating promising with his words because I will not abandon you I will give you the bracha that you receive from Yitzchak which is the bracha of Parnassah so the question is what does Parnassah have to do here? such tzaddikim and everything they're always looking at spirituality and Yaakov is concerned about Parnassah that Hashem has to give him a bracha for Parnassah what in the world is going on? normally tzaddikim they deal with things from the spiritual plane and automatically the physical is taken care of and here, Yaakov is so concerned, because he's concerned to get it. That's why he even said it afterwards. Hashem, if you give me lechem lechalu beged lilbosh, when he woke up from this dream, he said, and Hashem, if you keep your word and give me bread to eat and clothing, right? What in the world is going on? Yaakov, you're supposed to be spiritual, spiritual, spiritual. You're a tzaddik. And Hashem will take care of the mundane physical needs and necessities automatically. No, what's going on? Look what Nosson says. Ki because even though Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson 24, the main bracha that a Jew should strive for, which is the makeup of tzaddikim, is the blessing of the intellect. Right? Nonetheless, by the great tzaddikim, there's no difference. By the tzaddikim, their parnasa is sechel, is spiritual intellect. They perceive with their physical nourishment and sustenance, the greatest spiritual um, um, achievements and accomplishments and perceptions. That's why the tzaddikim specifically look for parnasa, because there's, there's certain spiritual levels that they can, they can only attain through food and drinking and the physical nourishment. That's why they're asking for it. They're asking for the physical aspect of it, but for the spiritual treasures hidden within it. And that was the level of Yaakov Avinu. Give me Hashem Begid Lilbosh, 
and lechem lechol, bread to eat and a garment, because he was able to perceive perceptions of godliness specifically through the bread and the, and the garment. That's why he's asking for it. And that's why Hashem is giving it to him. Okay? Look what he says. It's amazing. But by the big tzaddikim, everything is one. The physical needs and spiritual needs, everything is one. Through all of them, they can perceive God. Because through the blessing of parnasa that the big tzaddikim receive, they receive automatically the blessing of the intellect. It's enhanced. Ki, he gives the rule of Nosin. Ki achilatam ufarnasatam because they're eating and their parnasa is on such a high level of holiness. To the degree, to the extent that even their eating, like we said, and their parnasa, their physical sustenance, their nourishment itself, it itself is the blessing of the sechel. It's an amazing rule. He's going to show you where it's, where it's taken from. Because these big tzaddikim, they receive their intellect and the, the, the mind and intellect, the thinking and intellect of holiness, specifically through their eating. Like Rabbi Nachman elaborates elsewhere, this is Likutei Moran, Lesson 17, Paragraph 3. Rabbi Nachman quotes an amazing Gemara. I think it's from Baba Kama. Let me just double check here. Um, yeah, Baba Kama, page 72, that Rabba asked a question for Rabbi Nachman, and he, it was at night. It was in the afternoon. He said, I can't answer you now the question. The next morning, Rav Nachman came to Rabbi and answered the question that he asked him. And he said, the reason why I didn't answer your question yesterday because I did not yet eat my, my daily meal of the meat that I normally eat. And now that I ate the meat, my head is settled, I can now answer you. So Rav Nachman goes on a deeper level <laughs> in Lesson 17. And he says that this is the tzaddikim, that in their eating, they perceive perceptions. Crazy. We eat, we eat, we enjoy ourselves, we go buy nice uh, potato latkes for Hanukkah and donuts and this and chol on Thursday night and we enjoy ourselves, a good kosher ice cream, all the types of kosher ice cream, hagen das, I don't know, whatever. We're enjoying, enjoying, and we like the physical aspect of it, okay? I was at a house, Shabbos in America, and they ground the table just to get people, you know, excited. Everyone go around and say, what is their favorite ice cream? <laughs> it's cute. But on a spiritual level, if we're tzaddikim, so yes, we're concerned of the Rocky Road ice cream and the bubblegum ice cream and the pistachio, the mint chocolate ice cream. Why? Tzaddikim, with the specific taste buds they have, are able to, spiritual taste buds, are able to tap in to the spiritual part of the food. Just again, we shouldn't fool ourselves. We shouldn't think that we're holding at that level. <laughs> you get to work hard. He said the great tzaddikim, like at the level, the caliber of Yaakov Avinu, are able to do that. They can, they can be picky about their food because they need to elevate spe spe specific sparks and through that activate spiritual intellect that they can get nowhere else except for there. I once once heard about a Rebbe. There was like a Rebbe uh, with big tzaddik and they bring in front of the big challah and the Rebbe just eats a little piece of the challah, one little piece. And then the Hasidim grab the rest. It's called Shiraim. They grab Shiraim. Chotfei Shiraim. Ibn Nachman himself said, I have three types of followers. I have those who are here to collect the leftovers, the Shiraim. They're like grabbing the leftovers, like by the other Rebbe's. 
<coughs> sorry, I have those who come to hear Torah, and I have those who are baked on my heart. Ein gebakken in hearts. And he told Rav Nosim, I want you to be from this third category. Baked on my heart. Nonetheless, Rabbi Nachman himself said he does have chassidim who come to grab the leftovers of the Rebbe, which is a common custom that they bring a big giant chal, it's called a koilich in Yiddish, in front of the Rebbe. And the Rebbe just takes a little tiny piece, enough for motzi, obviously, kezayit, kebetza, whatever. And the chassidim grab the rest, okay? So they say the Rebbe, when he's grabbing, he looks for the specific piece of the chala that has sparks that he's able to elevate. He's, all, he's looking for the tastiest part, but the, part, the choicest part that he knows, in there will be sparks that he can afterwards transform them into sechel tadat. So he's picky on what he takes, and then chassidim take the rest over, the leftover shiraim. Okay? But, but it's an amazing rule. Because these tzaddikim, they dafka, they're picky about their food, about their panasa, which is why Yaakov asked about panasa, because they receive their intellect and their mind through their eating. And like we said, Rabbi Nachman goes into this in this nice Gemara that he quotes in the Kutim Moran lesson 17, paragraph 3. Uh, you should see there. We should be zochet to have activated, because all these blessings Hashem is giving to Yaakov Avinu, Rav Nosson said at the beginning, it's for all of Israel, it's for us. This applies to us also at our individual levels. We should be zochet to all connect to the Adama, Hazot, Eretz Yisrael, we should come back to Eretz Yisrael, all of us, and we should have our Parnassah taken care of in such a way that our Parnassah will bring us the holy Da'at that we need. Bezat Hashem.